Hey guys, welcome back to Quad Down Pod. We have an amazing guest today that I'm super excited to introduce, even though you guys have met him before if you're a longtime listener of the show. Um, I'm actually going to start off with my two other co-hosts, Flight of Taylor and KI Coaster Guy. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Are you guys as excited for this guest as I am? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a great show. Tonight on the show, we have the man who I accidentally implied was infamous last time, Ryan from Dorney Park. How are you doing, Ryan? Infamous in some circles, but, uh, you know, (laughs) famous in some others, but I probably am just somewhere in the middle. Just your normal, everyday public relations guy. (laughs) Hey, you know, public relations guys, on Twitter anyway, are royalty, so. Hey, (laughs) that's true. Depends on who you ask. My, you know, my mom thinks I'm royalty too. That's probably where the list ends. So, <laughs> That's but uh, glad you guys asked me to come back on. And um, we've had some hiccups getting on here. Been sick for a while, and appreciate you guys working around my schedule and making it happen. Love being on with you guys. Absolutely, love we uh, we love talking to you. You are, yeah. as we've said, I think we actually said last episode, you are the what we consider the gold star in the industry for park public relations. So of course we're honored to have you on anytime you come on. Absolutely. Well, Thank I you for coming on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's good to see your faces again. Actually, Taylor, I saw you, I, I think Halloween. So yeah, um, pretty cool. Fun time. And yeah, I, I will just say, I, I know I get a lot of the praise too, but I have such a great park that really supports me and kind of lets me be who I am. And um, I think they're all pretty, cool with the stories we tell and the voice that we have for the park and so that's it's part of why i think i'm you know doing as well as i am and as well as our department is so it's cool that's awesome if you don't mind me asking how long has your team at dorney i'm like from i know you cycle through some interns sometimes but like from yeah. you up how long have you been working with the people that you like work with on the daily so it, it depends so I, I mean this is actually i'm going into my third season um mm-hmm. And I think actually I'm hitting my two year anniversary at the park, like Ooh. two full calendar years. But in the you know in the park world, we measure it more by like season by season. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going into my third season. So a lot of the people at the park level, um, you know, when we have changes in the administrative building or in maintenance or operations, like anybody else. But um, most of the folks that I've worked with, I have been there for the two seasons I've been there. Um, and then I usually have a team underneath me. Well, I have. Um, it's a the marketing department is uh, me and my coworker Kristen. She's been with me from the gate. She's been with the park for seven years. She's incredible, um, and her brain works completely differently than mine, which is good because I'm kind of like Captain Chaos. So it's good to have somebody who's more like <laughs> trying to keep like where is he going? Someone give him guardrails. Uh, and then I have uh, two people underneath me. I don't I don't know if you guys ever got the chance to meet Avery. Um, she's our content coordinator, and uh, she's. I've been with me from the gate, started as an intern and then has kind of worked her way up a little bit where we've been able to have some movement um, and is the part time content creator for us. So we usually collab. I like to video edit and do photography, too. So you couldn't actually say if you saw something on social media, you wouldn't know whose it was. Um, and then mm-hmm. even my interns over the last two years have done a good job of that. And we're going to have another um, new intern this year. Typically, they work during the season, though. So I think it's more like the consistency that I've created and then kind of the environment that I have where I really allow them to create and we collaborate really well and they respect me. And so um, that's the team, the general manager, Jessica and I have pretty much came in at the same time. I actually got hired by the previous GM, Mike, um, but Jess came in maybe two, two months after. And so we've always kind of had a good vibe. Um, but once, yeah, it's just a, it's a great team. Cool to be a part of it. You got nice. people that have been there for 40 years cause it's Pennsylvania, right? 
Um, and then you got people <laughs> that came in two weeks ago. So it's a pretty yeah. dynamic environment. That's cool. Now that you mention it, are you, do you know who Noah Khan is by chance? Noah Khan. Names he, he's an artist that kind of up and rose this year. He was up for the artist of the year or the new artist. Okay, of the year it's like Grammy pop culture. Last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he has a song called Homesick where he talks about um, how like everybody in New England is like they've been there forever and life is slow and like he doesn't have a reason to leave. And now that you yeah. mention it, that's kind of how like the Lehigh Valley down into Philly area really is where it's like, yeah, you have your family roots there. You just don't leave. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, it's funny, too, because I um, moved around a lot for 10 or 11 years um, doing different jobs. And yeah, I mean, I got homesick, honestly, after like 10 or 11 years. At some point, too, you know, I think you get a little older, you stop maybe career chasing as much. And you're kind of like mm. um, quality of life chasing. Maybe, sure. when, maybe it's when you hit 30. I don't know. That's kind of when it happened for me. And uh, I don't know. It's like, you, you know, if you still got parents that are alive, my, you know, was, I, I want to be near my mom. You know, we have a pretty tight connection. Mm. And um, my grand, my grandparents helped raise me a lot. You know, you see them getting sick, but yeah, man, I feel like Pennsylvania is definitely like that. We'll be like, Pennsylvania is the greatest state in the country and you'll be here and you'll be like, oh, I love it so much. And then you go to like Florida and you're like, all right, well, it might not be the most beautiful, but I still love it. <laughs> you get flicked off on the highway and you're like, is it? Yeah. I kind of like getting flicked off right there. You've made sure I still had a pulse. You know? There's Ohio is a lot one... like that too. I've, everybody I've ever met That's... from Ohio. It's very, I was gonna it's say. Very, the same like gritty vibes. Like we're just gritty people, yeah. man. Put our noses down. But like they, Everybody from Ohio loves Ohio for the most part. Mm. And everybody from Pennsylvania loves Pennsylvania for the most part. So that, I find I... that very, you know, interconnected for those two States. Yeah. I often wonder if I'm going to end up in Pennsylvania down the line. Like you said, family stuff. My yep. parents are up here in Buffalo. My sister lives down in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, right down huh. 422. Right yeah, like right between Hershey and, and you guys, basically. Yep. And um, I went to school down in Phoenixville. Um, so I know that area very well. And my company that I work for is based out of Wilmington, Delaware. So a lot of people oh. live in the Philly area and commute. And I I love my company. Um, I know I'm still young, but like you said, like you stop career chasing. Like I found a job that like treats me well. They're really yeah. good to me. I'm like, if I can stay in this company and grow, I'd be happy to move down there if I have to. So I often wonder, mm. like, am I going to end up in that tri-state area? Not a bad place to be, man. It's something special down there. Yeah, it's not a bad place to be. You know, the other thing I find too is I go, you know, I spend some time in some areas in the Midwest or in the South. And sometimes I just find that, folks are a little more disingenuous. Like people in the Philadelphia really? area don't pull punches. They do not pull punches. Like, you know exactly how everybody get up here feels it's, about it's, you. It's now, it might true. take time. They may not say it to your face right away, but over time you'll find out how people really feel about you. And actually I kind of find that to be endearing, even if it is or can be aggressive. Right. So that's a, <laughs> we, we see that at Dorney park sometimes You're like, all right, is... well know how that person feels coming through the gate. <laughs> so are you from, are you from like the Philly area? Yeah, so I, I went to college, uh, Temple yeah. University. Um, I grew up Chester, Delaware County, and then I even had spent some time when I was little um, in Wilmington, Delaware. So it's all one and the same. And then my mom, um, after I went off to college, moved out to Lancaster County, um, which is my my wife's mm -hmm. parents are out are out there. So that's kind of why we ended up coming back to the area because her her family's in this area and my family's in this area and 
dude, I didn't even know. I honestly tell people this all the time. Like, I didn't know this was a real gig. Like, I just liked to go to a music <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. I never really, people are like, oh, you never thought about working at one. And I'm like, I don't know. I never did. I don't know why. Um, and I was big into sports. Right. I was like, wanted to do sports, wanted to do sports, wanted to do sports. And finally, I was like, did, had a couple sports um, opportunities and really did not enjoy it. Because I felt like it took that like hobby oh, aspect really? out. It sucked the hobby away from it. And it just made it work. And it's like when something you really love becomes like your number one work priority, for some reason, it just kind of like loses that magic. Um, but yeah. with amusement parks, it's just kind of a different vibe because it wasn't like my number one hobby. I've always loved them. Um, but then I got this job and I was like, OK, maybe <laughs> maybe you don't have to this job too, right? Not my job specifically. Like I can still kind of be like the outside, pull everybody together, objectivity, um, create. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, OK, maybe. Maybe it doesn't have to kill your hobby. It's kind of like the perfect job. But I had no idea this was a real gig. Sure. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I most... didn't either until a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, the... I think it's awesome because I do so much more than, um, you know, like social media is such a small, you know, um, piece of, of what we do or even like the tours or um, the on-camera television interview stuff. This kind of stuff is such a small portion of what I do. Cause then there's also like the internal communications and hiring messaging and looking at respected numbers, how we're doing there, meeting with each department, what are their needs? Um, and then, you know, I've actually worked really closely on this construction project, which I did not know was a real thing. Um, but depending on the day or where we're at, I might be, and I don't know if it's supposed to be this way, but I, you know, I might be the point of contact for someone on the site or for security. And, um, I'm like, Holy moly, I didn't know I was going to be like, you know, third, third in line to be getting calls on this thing. So it, uh, right. it job doesn't tell a lot of stuff, um, but it's uh, every day is exciting. So even in February, we're not even open and I'm still like cruising. We have so much stuff going on. Are, are you, I assume the answer is yes, but are you like sufficiently into the preparing for opening day marketing stuff at this point? Yeah, we're, um, it's, it's, I don't know. We're way past preparation at this point. We're, we're to the point where like we have everything lined up. We know what we need. Um, we might have a couple things that need to fall. So like an idea of that is um, we're still maybe a couple weeks away and I'm speaking generically. We might, it might happen next week, honestly, but we're still a couple weeks away from really identifying when the construction will like 100% be completed because there's yeah. some logistics that still go into some of these things um, or you might run into an issue, right? So I think like that's one of those things where I know what I want. And I've cleared it with everybody that needs to have it cleared with. Everybody's in agreement. Um, we know how to execute it. We have the dollars set aside. We have um, the pieces that we need to make it happen. But when it physically is going to happen, still a little bit of a moving target. So we've got um, you know, potentially a couple events scheduled all around that opening day window. Um, and as mm. you guys know, that would be like the pass holder preview, which was the folks who purchased their gold pass before September 4th will have like special yeah. access to the ride. So it's like, when does that happen? Um, we want to do some uh, potential public preview days if we get to it, like if we have time and we can, you know, get it open a little bit earlier. But like the May 10th is a drop dead. So I know that one's good to go, right? So it's like, you got to work on <laughs> press release, media messaging, social media messaging, um, you know, emails to pass holders, all that kind of, we've got to work on all those different things, marketing aspect of it. Where do we have signage? Um, we've got mm-hmm. some billboards that we're placing this year in different positions with the ride. So there's Ooh. just a lot of, and then, it, um, I don't do this. This is Kristen, but 
you know, every once in a while it comes across my desk or I just get asked about it, but like we have to do in-park signage too. Um, so there's a lot of unique little things. I'm also helping with like tours for engineers and contractors that are not like, we're never going to get credit for that. Um, but it's, you know, it's just a, it's good practice. Right. So it's like, I make sure that they get what they need, that they can get in, review the project. If they have to fly a drone over their, you know, they want to show their work. We, we're doing that with them too. So mm-hmm. a lot that goes into it, but yeah, I think we'll get a really clear picture of what, um, April and May are going to look like here real soon. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping by the end of the month, cause that gives me a nice runway to let people know. I think one of the mistakes that the industry was having, um, right around the time of COVID is like promising dates when the market is volatile, like tell, right. giving people an expectation yeah. of like when they could ride this thing, when you have, you have no control, like the park has no control over at this, at this point, this is, you know, B&M and our contractors. It's, it's pretty much out of our control. And the only thing we could do right. is you know, because money talks, it's like, maybe you can expedite the process by adding dollars to it to, you know, either get, a diff- <laughs> get, get another crew in, or add a contractor that could work on XYZ. Like there's no, there's no other way though. I mean, you're, you kind of set a timeline, you hope you can hit it. And then we've been blessed this year too. I think one of the biggest things when you're building out a project like this is uh, weather, inclement weather, right? So um, we just have not, we only had one week of snow impact. And at that point we were pretty much invested in the station, which was great because um, when you talk about mobilizing that larger crane, it's a challenge when you have, snow and ice um but we were at a at a point where we were discussing it at that point in time you know do we move forward with the tilted loop or do you do the station well we could see the forecast we're like let's move forward with the station to hammer that out um because that's actually at this you look at it as like what's the challenging build you know it's the station the lift hill the emelman and then um, when I say the station, I mean the track elements of the station. And now it's like the physical building of the station because everything else after the Emelman is um, what I'm told. I don't know. I've never done it, uh, but it's pretty <laughs> easy. And, I, and I've been told that we could we could get up as many as seven pieces a day from this point. Um, oh, we just geez. we had the tilted loop done. I don't know. I want to say a week and a half ago, um, it, which means we're we're like well over. 65% completed, but the, apparently the last, ha- the last half is the easier half. So do you know how many track pieces total it has? I know, I think it's, um, Banshee at Kings Island has a hundred pieces on the dot. Yeah. Don't hundred percent quote me on this, but my memory recall says 68 pieces total track. I couldn't add one. More. And I had this, the number <laughs> of truck shit, the truckload shipments when I originally did had a discussion with Claremont, which is out of Ohio. Um, shout out Cincinnati was about um, 62 truckloads total, I believe. And some of that was with Jeez. like columns and storage containers. So mm. quite a, well, I saw, you saw good. my tweet. My buddy saw two know, pieces of pretty, iron. That was pretty cool. I appreciate highway. you guys sharing that. <laughs> he's uh he's actually never, he's down in Cumberland, Maryland. So about an hour he's South of Altoona. Yeah. Um, and, I'm like, you got to go out to Dorney. He's like, I've just mm-hmm. never been. He's been to Hershey. I'm like, just just drive the extra hour. Like, Dorney is so different that, like, you're getting a different vibe. It's a different charm. You got to make it out there. And yeah. he said Iron Menace is probably the ride that's going to tip him over the edge. Well, that's what we're hoping, right? Um, yeah. It's so, it's so funny to me, too, that, you know, I, I see it on X and Facebook and Instagram, but it's like there's, there's such a, like, a desire to compare – apples to oranges like comparing dorney park to hershey park to me is like not 
That's right. not doing Hershey Park any favors. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I love Hershey Park and what they offer, but that's like an IP heavy park. Yes, yes. I, know, I say all about candy. Like it's a it's a layup, and they have great hardware and they have great people. It's a beautiful park, but it's the same thing with like comparing Knobles to Dorney. I see that too all the time. It's like we don't even have the same really? business model. Like the business yeah, that's is the same. So it, to me, it's just like why can't you all just enjoy the three great parks you have in such a close area? Like a lot of us yeah. grew, grew up within those three parks, and you could even add Great Adventure to that. Um, a lot of Ferraris on that lot, but it's got you got <laughs> four great parks within an hour to an hour and a half, depending on where you are in the southeastern Pennsylvania, which I think is even in New Jersey, you can get to a lot of those pretty quickly. Yeah, and now you have American Dream Mall. If you want to drive up to East Rutherford, that area is booming right now. Yeah. It's it's great. Have you been I mean, there? I get that there's there's competition, but um, I don't know. I really I think the competition's more in the group sales world than anything else. I mean, I think general admission kind of stays where it is, um, mm. especially post pandemic. I think everybody's kind of settled out where they'll be. Now we're trying to get people to come back, obviously, but I would say the people that are coming back, it's not because they were going to another amusement park. It's because they've just stepped away from amusement parks, which we saw pretty industry wide during COVID-19. So it's like getting people to come back out to the park and how do you energize them to do that? Um, we've tried some stuff the last two or three years, but I think the understanding is, is like you've, you've got to invest in the park. You need like a capital home run at some point to get people to come back in to realize, you know, I think it's the same thing we talked about earlier, Josh, where it's like you get, uh, you want people to come back in and be like, dude, this is like, this is like coming home. You know, I would say that uh, Dorney Park's like going to grandma's house where it's like, yeah, it's like, she's got the same old couch, right? Thunderhawk, hundred years old. Um, But it's like, but I love that couch. And I love that when I come in, like everything reminds me of all those memories I made as a kid at grandma's house. Like, yeah, it's like, we still have the whip and Thunderhawk and Zephyr and all that, all that stuff. I think it's cool. But it's like, now we bought, you know, grandma, a new recliner and (laughs) a a little different in there, but uh, a hell of a nice recliner. So that that i'm glad you said that it actually reminds me of something i was thinking about when i was putting together the stuff i kind of want to talk about obviously you have a hundredth anniversary of a coaster coming up is that something that you guys as a park like in the marketing department are like okay we need to focus on this history let's do something about that or like how how do you guys approach those kind of historic events because your park has a lot of history to it obviously yeah so um we we have talked about this so i think our merchandise director, our general manager and myself have kind of taken the lead on this. My, my opinion of it was when we sat down, I had the first conversation about like, we, we have a whole committee set up for this. So like, yeah, we understand it. a hundred years as a roller coaster at Dorney park is a big deal. Right. Um, yeah. so during this first meeting of this committee, one of the things that was stressed and, um, even some of uh, the folks who were higher up than me at Cedar fair, but kind of a, I think agree with my position and maybe that's even who I got it from. But one of the things that we stressed is that we want iron menace to own the start of the season because it deserves a massive runway. This is a huge, this is the largest investment for the park period ever. It's more than steel force. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is going to be because of some of the other dynamic elements that come with it. um, And some of the changes that are made to the area around it. So that's the, the biggest thing. After that, what I what I want to do and what I think we're all in agreement on is that 
we hit that June, July window somewhere in there. Um, and we're working on some stuff too. I'm not going to get into it cause it's not, we're not locked in yet. That's one of those where it's like, we're getting the first five or six things locked in, which basically takes us up to June 1st. And then we've started some of these initial conversations about what does it look like, um, to kind of do a Thunderhawk celebration. Um, so we're working on something. The other thing is like, there will be a line of merch for the 100th. Um, there will be signage mm. changes. We're working on some kind of dynamic signage too, to guide people through the history of the coaster. Um, we've had some good conversations with Philly Toboggan about maybe some assets they have that they can help us utilize this year or allow us to utilize this year. Tom and Janine are great. Um, so we're working on all that stuff. I think the challenge is with as small as the team is, um, and with a major investment like Iron Menace, I think for me too, it's just like, Hey, let's get through the opening of Iron Menace and then we'll just stack sure. all the cards on the deck and we'll figure out how to do this right for Thunderhawk. Cause the last thing I want to do too, is something that's half budded like that it deserves sure, it yeah. and i also want to give it its own space like it's totally forgettable if we and it's too much it's like system overload if i try to throw that in there with iron menace and all the new theming and new events and it's like people are gonna be like what it's gonna get lost and i just think that's kind of right ridiculous. it's a hundred yeah, years old maybe it gets it overshadowed by the new it deserves, a, it deserves yeah. its flowers so we're gonna make sure it gets yeah. Taylor, while we're talking about Thunderhawk, I want to give you a chance to sing its praises because I know you love Thunderhawk. I adore Thunderhawk. I don't I don't know what it is about Thunderhawk, but everything about it just I love it. If Mystic Timbers wasn't at my home park, Thunderhawk probably would be my number one Woody. Word. How about oh that? wow, that's a strong endorsement. That is we'll strong. Okay, but let's yeah. hear what my other Woodies are is Mystic, Beast, Sea Dragon, and Comet. Like those are my other my oh in blue street, yeah. Uther. Mm. I just realized Pennsylvania has a a really good collection of vintage woodies. We do between Knobles, Hershey, and you guys. You have some really good old style wooden coasters over there. Oh yeah, man. Wait and uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Comet's got got some history there, so. I got new trains this year too. PA in general, gorgeous. A lot of the things. I mean, Kennywood. Dorney. Oh, Kennywood. Yeah, I Hershey forgot about park, Kennywood. Kenobles. There is so much rich amusement park history in PA. Yeah. yeah. You got Dutch Wonderland. Never been there, but I know it Disney exists. Yeah. Them, hey, Dutch Wonderland. My, my kids love Dutch Wonderland, man. You can find us there a couple times a summer. So. <laughs> my sister told me um, she – I took her to Cedar Point a couple years ago, and she grayed out on gatekeeper so she's starting to get to that point where like she gets a little bit you know woozy but she's like man come down here i'll take you to dutch wonderland i'll ride everything with you yeah you gotta be be Uh, careful with king's dominion then you've got people graying out on that (laughs) my we me and larry actually just went down there in during haunt and my fiance kyla bless her heart she grayed out on i-305 twice yeah (laughs) the third time we wrote it yeah she blacked out and uh she (laughs) she woke up um have you ever ridden i-305 yes yeah so (laughs) after the first turn graying out yeah yeah after the first turn obviously that's the big gray out slash blackout you're going up that hill she wakes up and just goes what the fuck? And then passes <laughs> out again because she didn't know where she was. Man, you love to hear it. And 
That's she never swears on roller coasters, but in that moment, she had no idea where she was. She's going ninety miles an hour. There, yeah. she has no blood in her head, and I'm like, I kind of want I, that I to happen to me on I three hundred five. Sounds like an interesting experience. I know that sounds it, terrifying. I'm not, not grayed out, but it does sound like, honestly, it kind of sounds like fun. <laughs> I got a little gray, like around the edge of my vision, but that's the closest I've ever got to like an actual gray out. Right. Yeah. Oh, um, so you mentioned some enhanced theming for Iron Man. Yeah. Is that like station Q theming or like on like, what does that entail? I don't think you guys have so, obviously you've been teasing a lot. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I think with this. So the station, as you know, um, is essentially a hundred year old abandoned steel mill. So I don't know if you guys have ever been inside 100 year old steel mill because I have to film our entire teaser campaign. First of all, (laughs) it's freaking creepy. Yeah. Um, I bet. (laughs) Second of all, there's not a whole lot in there. Now, even in, um, we did a lot of research at Bethlehem steel specifically because it's right out our backyard. We did, I did a couple others, um, in the Berks County area, um, some of the other regions, Chester County. So one of the other things that you'll notice when you go through one of those mills is that there, there are still like relics or things still positioned as though like someone just picked up and left immediately. Because from um, mm-hmm. what I've understood from some of the historians we've talked to, and in some cases, like the guys left thinking they would come back because there's some kind of layoff situation. The 90s were not ah. kind to of the steel industry. So they just leave some of their belongings or their equipment set up like they were going to come back the next day. And then, huh. you know, there would be some kind of mass layoff. It just continued or they never brought them back. So um, I think you'll kind of get those vibes where you're kind of going through and it's an it's an older mill. Um, and there'll, there'll be kind of like some of those relics like um, equipment hanging on the wall. And so, I, you know, it's I don't want to get people to get the sense that it's going to be like some massive I mean, it is really well themed, but it's it's an old mm-hmm. abandoned steel yard, um, and so sure. that's the other part of the concept is pulling that out further from just maybe the station or the ride itself into that area which used to be possessed plaza, and extending mm-hmm. it all the way to um, where the Dorney Grill is slash was because that's getting mm. an overhaul, which is all part of this, mm. um, doing it all the way out to there. And then back too. So you have Ghost of the Machine back there, which is already themed. It's supposed to be the administrative building. Um, and then you have Cedar Creek Flyers, which is also getting a refresh. So a lot of this, a lot of those elements are just going to be pumped all the way through there. Um, and we have a pretty cool partnership um, that that we have finally, I think we've gotten into an actual agreement that we're working on too. Which um, when that's when that all comes around, we'll share the details on that. You guys know I love doing that on social. So. As soon as that's locked up, I think that even gives us a greater ability to theme. And I think that's another thing for me. I've always been really big on how do we connect this back to the community? Um, And this is something that's going to allow allow us to do that. Not just what we're able to do from a theming standpoint, but some of the partners that we can bring in to make it even, even greater. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. So you're going to see like things that look like old steel facilities. If you go through like an old, you know, steel yard, you'll, you'll see like little buildings and alcoves and all that kind of stuff, equipment laying around sure. outside, inside. So that's just kind of the vibe. We want people to feel like they're walking up on an old steel yard. So whether that's, um, you know, Bethlehem steel or whether it's somewhere out in Pittsburgh, it's going to have the same vibe. 
The way you describe that reminds me of a Reddit post that I read. It's going to tie in, I promise. Um, So where I went to college, if you're familiar with where uh, University of Valley Forge is right on the border Mm -hmm. of Phoenixville and Schuylkill Township, it used to be the Valley Forge General Hospital back in like World War Two. And there's there's a network of tunnels under the campus that's been locked off. But people occasionally like go in there. And I found this Reddit post of somebody who claims to have gone down there in the 90s. And I worked in IT, so I was allowed to occasionally go in some of the tunnels. So I can kind of corroborate some of the things they said. Um, But the stuff that they said that I couldn't corroborate was like, it seems like when the military sold the land, they just up and abandon it. So there's like operating rooms down there and like military jeeps that were just abandoned. Like, Like you said, they just walked out. They thought they might come back. They just never did. Yep. And I, that creepy vibe is exactly what I think of when you say, like, I want to go the down there. <laughs> yeah. I really want to go down there. Yeah, too. that sounds cool. And it should, it, um, you know, honestly, just like a steel yard, it'll be more creepy at night. Go ahead, Taylor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're fine. I just, I know the last time you were uh, were on, you talked about like wanting to expand the Cedar Fair cinematic universe. <laughs> I, was wondering I do. If, if you can say, if you guys are planning <laughs> on throwing in some nods. Or anything like I know, so, like, Mr. Um, Timbers wh- has some. Yeah, so we might actually find that out. So Ken Parks, who was I actually featured him on a Menacing Minute, is kind of like the yeah. brainchild behind the the uh, MCU, the the C the CCU, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the actually. Yeah, so he's actually coming up, I think, or someone from his team. It might even be Clayton. I think are are coming up sometime around the Valentine's Day window. Um, because of this partnership that, that we're entering in. And I think we're going to get a better idea of kind of how they want to place things and exactly what is getting placed now that we're kind of in a position with construction where we can start to do those kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, I would anticipate with Ken's involvement, there'll be some stuff. I'm not 100% sure. What I've seen – the other thing is, too, is like when we get um, – same thing with the roller coasters. Like when we get some of these initials, um, things change. But also we normally get like here's one. Here's the second idea I had, and here's the third idea I had, and we could do this one if this. We could do this one if this, and if if this happens, then we could do this. So I know there there were some nods in all three of those, um, but then again, execution is always different. I mean, you you start off with right. a plan initially, and then man, I could depart big time, especially when you talk about theming, right? So no. yeah, I think so. That's a good question. Um, I should know more here really soon, so it's exciting. <laughs> So uh, I always love speaking out of, uh, oh, sorry, guys. No, that was okay. it. I just wanted to say I love looking for them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, partnerships, you guys, uh, Six Flags and Cedar Fair. Oh, man. What's that been like so far for you guys, it, so, for someone in your job? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we, we you know, we got that initial burst of information, which honestly is probably mm. nothing that you guys haven't dug up at this point or have seen. Um and um, really, since they, they went into kind of this regulatory process and are awaiting final approval, we haven't really heard a whole lot. And I would say that goes for some of my companions at the corporate office in Charlotte. So mm-hmm. I, I think part of the reason that that happens is because, you know, you're not um, and I'm not I'm no lawyer by any sense. And I don't really understand, you know, business economics and those kinds of things. But um, from what I understand, really can't make any plans until it's finalized. I mean, I'm sure yeah, someone's that makes sense. a conversation somewhere, but like you can't, you can't communicate it out. I don't think you can really write mm-hmm. it anywhere or plan it out until it becomes final and approved. So, 
Um, that makes so much look, sense. Everything I've ever heard. And like I said, I, I read stuff just like you guys on this thing. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of hopeful that that can be concluded soon. And, um, you know, plans can kind of be made and we'll, we'll kind of see where everything goes, but I haven't really gotten any great idea of it. And honestly, I don't even want to know at this point, cause I have enough to worry sure. about to not worry about that. And right now my, my so, so number, far, yeah. Yeah. My number one concern is, uh, Iron Menace getting this ride open and getting people out here mm-hmm. to enjoy it. And, uh, my second thing after that will be, uh, Thunderhawk. So, <laughs> and then sure. after that, maybe we'll sense. worry about it. I wouldn't anticipate anything before. Um, I don't know. I've always, I've always heard August. Now I can't even tell you yeah. where I've heard that from because I honestly don't remember, but, um, I could have just read it on Twitter, honestly, but, um, I've always kind of got, I've always kind of gotten the sense that nothing was really going to be communicated or talked about until mm-hmm. August. Maybe part of that too is like, usually when we make our announcements as a company, they happen in August. Um, yeah. so I would think like, if you got mm-hmm. approval before that, um, we might even hold the cards anyway until they kind of had an understanding of how they wanted to move forward. And then maybe you would dump that in a, you know, release about the third quarter or, you know, something like that. So we'll see what happens. Well, we know that the, uh, I don't even know if you know this because the news kind of broke earlier this week, but it went headlines today. The shareholder meeting is March 12th. So it could be that. that I didn't want to mention that. I didn't know that one. I held that one. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure hundred percent if, uh, I'm assuming if that, you know, if that goes through, then I don't know. I always kind of heard April too would be like, if we get final approval, it would happen around April. And that's why I said, maybe then at that point, you know, we go out in July or August with what a plan is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. People always ask me, like, is my pass going to be good for 2024? And I'm like, I don't know. Just don't bet on it. And if it, if it happens and you, yeah. and you get it towards the yeah. end of the season, just be like, hey, that was that's sweet. I would expect more of that kind of stuff in 2025, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's just a so, lot. There's a lot of moving parts right now. So it just makes it tricky. Makes going sense. back to November, do you, like, wake up one morning and you're like, Oh, I might be working for Six Flags soon. Or like, do you get pulled in a meeting before? How did you find out about this? Uh, we got, we got. Uh, I think the first. I mean, I may have heard from it from from someone at the corporate office first, because I'm sure they're all way more locked in than I am. But um, we did get a uh, an email from, uh, I believe it was the, the CEO Richard Zimmerman um, that kind of explained the situation and um, you know why the, the company felt that it was a good move and put us in a strong position and. Um, you know, certainly I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, so many great assets in Six Flags. And um, I think that our team in Charlotte is unbelievably talented. And um, I think that uh, they've been good for the industry in general, uh, Cedar Fair. So I love the idea of them getting a chance to kind of get their claws on some more parks and improving them in ways that we've seen. And um, I feel really good about where we're at. I mean, I think, you know, they didn't lay anybody off during the pandemic, which I think says a heck of a lot about the company. Um, it does yeah. reposition themselves over that three year window or so to like still be in a position to reinvest in the parks, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, huge investment for Dorney, which I think says a lot about them too. They're also thinking about um, which is different shift. And there's some people that are responsible for that once again in Charlotte, but dynamically thinking about like, yo, we've got to reinvest in these, these, uh, mm-hmm alley fairs and worlds of funds and dorney parks yeah you know and we got to make sure that those guys are getting we're in great markets all of us kansas city uh, mm-hmm. minneapolis and philadelphia i mean it doesn't and honestly i think if you look at it if you only look at philadelphia as a county which 
I guess that is what it is. But we get more visitors from New York City than we do Philadelphia. So really, yeah. So that always creates like an interesting dynamic too. Like we're we're in a, hmm. such a weird spot. Like where do you market? Where do you spend that money? Um, I'm That's, a firm believer yeah. of you you spend where people are coming from, and if they're coming from both, <laughs> you got to spend money in both. Yeah. You just got to be strategic That's... about it. So interesting. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I genuinely would not have guessed that. I didn't either. When I came in, it's actually something I kind of learned over the course of my first season, um, you know, locally and, um, you know, we do great locally the entire season. So Lehigh Valley supports the heck out of Dorney park, which mm-hmm. we appreciate. And I love the community that we have. Um, but then seeing the numbers and you're seeing New York and you're like, Holy moly. Um, I think there's some reasons for that though. I think, I think a lot of people in Philly, when they think of vacation, they think of going to the beach. Um, and a lot mm. of people in New York, okay. when they think of going on vacation, they think of like going to the mountains or going to Poconos or like retreating. Pocono. From, okay. Yeah. Getting away from the city. Yeah. So, and you got to think too, it's yeah. way more people. So even if like a very small yeah. percentage of them has identified like the Lehigh Valley is like a great place to go, just like get away from it all. Mm. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's by default. It's just so many people. So yeah, I guess makes it sense. makes sense because they either have it. to I mean, go upstate or yeah. they're not going to Jersey because nobody in New York likes Jersey. So that basically leaves the Pocono, Lehigh region <laughs> or upstate. And upstate, you know, has a stigma in New York City. Obviously, I'm from Western New York, but they consider yeah. us upstate. And we're like second class citizens to them. So oh, is, is upstate just anywhere that's not New York City? Anywhere them? above Long Island, they consider upstate. Yes. And meanwhile, <laughs> we have like... Everywhere else, we're like, we have Western New York, we have the Southern Tier, we have Central New York, we have the Catskill region, we have mm-hmm. the Capital region, and they're like, it's upstate. <laughs> cool. Like, okay, man. <laughs> I, uh, to go back to your Valley Fair, uh, Dorney investment, um, obviously Cedar Fair is investing in the smaller parks. Mm-hmm. I think a natural thing a lot of people have been doing post-merger news is asking, well, what parks are they going to close? And people are like, well, Dorney is so close to Great Adventure. And I'm like, they're not going to build a $20, $25 million <laughs> B&M and then close the park close a year later after investing in the water park so aggressively right. for the last decade. And now they're showing love to the dry park and they're just going to abandon all that because they have Great Adventure two and a half hours. Like, that doesn't yeah. make any business sense. Why didn't especially, they close Kings Island when they bought yeah, you know, Cedar Fair? Especially with New York them. is the most populated city in America. Philadelphia is the fifth most populated city in America. And that whole East Coast region is just so densely packed. Why would yeah. you? I I don't I can't wrap my head around people yeah. that were saying like Dorney's on the chopping block. I feel well, like those people I, overlook the charm too. No. They the do. Homey. I think those yeah. people don't understand the market. Yeah, that's that's probably. I think so. Like, if you are thinking of it competitively, um, it's really all about like everybody's trying to keep up with Hershey. Straight up, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're doing a great job. I mean, whether you like whether you like the park or you don't, if mm. you go there on maybe not a weekend, but I, you know, going on a weekend in July, any any theme park is going to be a crapshoot, right? But like, I mean, if you go there on a Tuesday, Wednesday in the summertime, you're probably going to have a good time. Um, yeah, and, yeah. But they're they said it. There's such a strong IP that it makes it really hard for everybody else to compete. So the way I see it, this is just me. This has nothing to do with like, I've never talked to anybody at Cedar Fair about this, but to me, um, the way that I see it, and obviously I'm going to speak positively for Dorney Park. You know, I don't, 
I wouldn't see them dismantling the park anyway. I don't think that's a real no. thing. Um, if somebody wanted to have a discussion about selling off assets, I mean, I don't know. But once again, you're just making a massive investment, so it doesn't really yeah. add up. Plus, I know some of the people in charge, and I know how they feel about Dorney, and a lot of them started their careers at Dorney, so like, also mm. don't think it's a thing. I think mm. what it does is you're going to have these two great parks within an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes of each other in in literally New York City and Philadelphia shadow. So like, once again, I go back to a comment I made a couple minutes ago where it's like the big, the big area where there's a lot of competition is groups and group sales. So when you're trying to get the field trips in there and the big companies to come and like rent the park out for the day, all those kinds of things. Um, now you could, you, you could sell off an experience where it's like you get two parks over the course of the summer, or you could say, oh, okay, well this, so I'm saying I'm already involved in a discussion with company X, Y, Z. And they're, they're saying like, ah, you know, we, we thought about, you know, pick a, I don't want to call out great adventure, but we, we've, we've talked about this park, right. And it, cause that's not really the analogy, but it's just like, we talked about this park. It doesn't really fit our needs. Well, here's another one. It's an hour and 10 minutes away and it offers this, this, and this, right? So now you have the potential mm. to really, you know, ch- chop it up and then you'll have some of these like related synergies. Um, also, I think it's like Taylor said, like our park has this really unique historic charm, whereas, you know, yeah. great adventures like Ferraris, right? So it also, they're two very different experiences in my opinion, which I think plays well because if they were both the same, then I don't, you know, I don't mm. know if it would well, but I think... I think it has potential to work really well. Not not to mention the other kind of battleground is season passes, right? So I was going to say, yeah, it seems like a good way to upsell. Boom, like, right? If you can say, oh, I could just I could go to Great Adventure today instead of going to Dorney yeah. Park because I want to change it up, right? Or I, it's like even, um, uh, you know, it's like you could even say like, I, I'm i trying to think of all, it's like I want to go to Six Flags St. Louis instead of going to World's Fun today, but you live in the middle of Missouri. Like now you can do that. Um, so I think all yeah. of that, I think a lot of that plays I, into it. I thought about that a lot when um, pre-COVID, a lot of people would go to Six Flags Darien Lake from across the border in Canada. Yep. But post-COVID, it seems like they're all heading north up to Canada's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of when this merger was announced was like, if they have a joint season pass, mm-hmm. that's going to like redistribute that, which I think is going to be good for both parks. Because Darien Lake has a lot of potential, but it needs the the attendance to get investments from a mm. corporate end. And Canada's Wonderland is packed. I'm sure you know yeah. it's the most it's the busiest seasonal park in North America. It's to the brim every time I'm there. And if you just even if it's like five percent of daily attendance leaves that park and crosses the border for Darien Lake, that's gonna do wondrous things no pun intended wondrous things for wonderland <laughs> just in like yeah. reducing lines and increasing capacity like per- perceived yeah. capacity and all that kind of stuff yeah there's a lot of different things but i think um you know i haven't talked to them about their plan with this but i know that they have a 10-year plan for dorney that we've all i think you know our team had some say in or has some say in at least i'm sure jessica does our general manager what that looks like and um jason mcclure is on a corporate level too and he used to be the gm at dorney so that's why I feel really confident that um, not only is there a plan, I know there's a plan, but I, I feel really confident in the direction that they're setting Dorney. And I think that they think very highly of the park. Um, so yeah. I think that's all good for us. Absolutely. That's what I, that's what I like to hear. Um, Me too. Looks, looks like we have some questions from viewers, mostly for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, 
And then I have a quick little game uh, to play just to have some fun. And then we'll wrap this up here. I, I like where we left this. It's always, <laughs> always leave on a high note for Dorney. Thank you. Um, so it looks like Dawson, Taylor's lovely partner, uh, wants to know, if you could only ride one ride at Dorney for an entire season, what would it be? If I could, oh, Talon, I know. You guys probably uh, figured that out anyway. From, Talon, Talon, from Talon at Dorney Park? I Yeah. It's so funny that Jen, so part of the reason that, like, you know, Jen has kind of, like, elevated this, like, Dorney Park lore is because, like, I also love Talon, like, a stupid amount. Mm. And talk about it at the park, and I have pictures of it in my office, so... Um, I just think it's like the perfect um, invert. So that's uh, when I, you know, <laughs> if I had to get stuck on something. Also, I rode talent with James McAvoy. So even even more elite status. Really? Yeah. So that's that, super cool. We went to go put him on the ride when he came out here. And, you know, we had kind of like a, um, you know, it's like an entourage for him just to make sure that he was getting what he needed. And we'd pop in throughout the day and leave him alone every once in a while. But um Especially in the water park, it's like people, nobody wants to be bothered with us. And kind of once we yeah. noticed that like, people weren't recognizing me, you know, I had like a big full beard and a hat on. We were like, he's probably all right. Um, but he was just kind of would get on roller coasters and um, he was getting on talent. And I was just kind of standing on the other end of the platform because I was with him at this point. And he was like, he's like, well, I mean, you know, he has a great accent too. He's like, he's like, well, I mean, like, you just, you might as well get on with me at this point. And I was like, oh, you want me to ride with <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I don't want to be in the first row by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's man, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah, talk about a stupid job, right? Um, the, the, yeah, the would, cool things I, you get to do. I know you can put me on talent all day. I love that ride, man. So smooth, quiet. Like I love so everything have, about it. Have you tried to get Jason Kelsey and his wife out for Iron Menace opening <laughs> event? Oh yeah, we've tried, man. We're working on it. We've got some. Uh, <laughs> we've got some fires in the oven we're we're trying i think everything got a little more complicated with his life because first of all um new heights exploded when um, yes i mean it was already exploded anyway but i think it exploded further when travis started dating taylor um not our taylor mm-hmm. but taylor swift right not so mm-hmm. they are <laughs> you know they're reaching a, a level of celebrity that i don't think any of us could have envisioned and then um i think another challenge too is he has talked a lot about retirement so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're trying to work with the Eagles organization or anybody that's connected to them, they're also kind of like, well, we got to we got to see what's going on before we make any commitments with him. That's so, fair. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's had a great career. We we uh, we love Jason Kelsey. Ryan well, just reminded this. me. Sorry. Ryan no, just you reminded me I'm repping my Eras tour merch right now. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> yeah, got my Eras my shirt. Ryan just reminded me that when I saw him enter the call, I put on yeah, my literally went put that jersey on. <laughs> um, but hey, Jason just implied that he's going to play in Brazil week one next year. So maybe I know I saw Travis. Year. Somebody asked Travis about it, too. And they're like, I think he's going to play. And I'm like, I mean, this is great. This is great news. The best center in history of the league. So I agree. I actually feel bad for Travis right now, though, because he's in his Super Bowl press junket and people are like, are you going to give Taylor a ring after the game? And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just worried about this ring, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel bad for him. He's, I saw the one answer he said was basically like, "Hey, she she delivered on the Grammy. Now I got to bring home the hardware or something." And I was like, "This is yeah, just really yeah." Him, man. He's probably so focused on. The game. 
I love yeah, when like Entertainment man. Tonight will be like, and Travis wasn't there. It's like, dude, it's because he has a game. Fourteen hundred miles away yeah, had... tomorrow at one one eight one p.m. Like, what do you want him to do? It's yeah. like they don't understand football. They're like, Travis, this random nobody, she's dating from Kentucky. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like he's Travis the Kelsey with a, a history of the league. Travis Kelsey, with a minuscule net worth of $30 million, mm-hmm. gets lucky by dating billionaire Taylor Swift. In all respect to Taylor uh, Swift, certainly more of a star than Travis Kelsey ever was, but he's also yes. not like some random dude from Ohio. Yeah, like, yeah, right. 100%. He actually is somebody. Yeah. It's always funny when they say, he's like, he's not going to come to the Grammys. I'm like, I mean, he's got to play in the Super Bowl in like four days. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> He has mandatory practice before the Super Bowl, one of the most televised events in the world. I think that was actually like, I think the Grammys were like the same day they were doing like one of their larger, because they do all these press junkets and, you know, one of the larger things they had to do was like go in there with the opposing quarterback and like another star player and like do a QA and a with like, you know, Tony Romo or something. It's like, geez, give you just described yeah. Travis Kelsey, Tony Romo, and Brock Purdy in a room, and that's a funny mental image to they me. Were, yeah, they were. They were all in like a that's, like an arena. That's really together. funny. Wow, that's hilarious. Taylor, did you have something to say? I did, but I lost it. That's okay. <laughs> that, that's normal for me. That's, like it's that's quite common. Yeah, no, she was just yeah. she was just thinking about uh, eras there, and yeah. Just, Hey. Clearly, they should have moved the Grammys to wherever they're having their press junket. Oh, that's what I thought. Why aren't the Grammys in Vegas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Move the Grammys to Vegas. Make it happen. Not a problem. Yeah, not a problem. I'm sure they'll celebrate together when they can. Going to Tokyo next year. Uh, yeah. I'm. I saw a great Facebook comment today that was like, it was like, why didn't Taylor thank Travis? And somebody's like, I'm sure he got thanked in private. Let them have a private life. That's it. Like, (laughs) not a big deal. Could you imagine if um, your relationship was under that much scrutiny? It'd be like, this guy's an absolute no. no. Look at this guy. No, that would be awful. <laughs> I think that's I why disappear. some of those people get divorced or yeah, break up. Probably. Yeah. Look at him getting coffee by himself. What is he? Didn't get anything for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Monday it's, afternoon, it's all right? Unfortunate. <laughs> um, well. Last thing I have to say about this question before we move on to the next one is your love for talent is funny to me. Because my favorite interaction I've ever had on Twitter is I tweeted at Dorney Park nomination to call the zero G role on Talon the daddy role, and you said, <laughs> "Don't need to nominate it if you're already calling it that." <laughs> that was like that was peak interaction. I'm like, I can't get any better than that. That's pretty yeah. funny. I don't know who started the whole daddy force thing too, but I, I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. Call on Steel Force. Was it not Jen? I, I, I thought don't it know if it was Jen or Chris. Oh. I think it might have been okay. Chris that started calling it Daddy Force, just to mess with Jen because, you know, the whole... Of even course. though he loves Possessed more than any other ride at our park, which is, which is hilarious. He does. Yeah. I think I would really like Possessed a lot. I Possessed really is a great it. ride. Pos- you, you cannot yeah. go on it if you haven't eaten for, like, 12 hours. That was my only thing. That's my only caveat. <laughs> oh. I hadn't eaten in, like... I no joke, like twelve hours. I was doing media, and the one reporter's like, "Oh, I want to get on a roller coaster." And I'm thinking, "Well, we're, what's a roller coaster where we will see her the entire time?" Possessed, because it's like the guy standing on the platform. Get it going out. Get it going out. And if you have a second shooter, it's like up, up, up. You know, it's like the easiest thing. Uh-huh. And I, we were getting on there. I think it was like eight in the morning or something. I had a long day the day before too, and I was like, "Dude, I am gonna puke." And the next time I got on it, though, I was like, That's "Oh, this hard. is a great ride." 
but I hated it for like three minutes. Yeah. It, came it does make a difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know oh, if you no, want to get in there like right after you ate, but <laughs> no. there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah. That's why I didn't ride Possessed until the until Haunt, because I don't know if you remember the day that Jen and Coaster Studios and me were and uh, Bryant from Coaster 365. Like everyone was at Dorney that day yeah. and it was like yeah. 95 degrees and I was in the middle of a road trip. So I hadn't eaten in like six hours. I'm oh. like. I have no fluids, no food. It's 95 degrees. I am not riding anything intense right now because I will no. die. Yeah. No, that won't that won't yeah. do it. That day was hot. That's a water park day right there. It if I remember, we pulled up to the parking lot and I was like, everything's gonna be packed. Everything was walk on because everybody at Dorney was over at the water park that day yeah. which i mean it makes total sense. Yeah, if you honestly if you look at our numbers it's like Wild Water Kingdom carries the attendance load from like June through mm. August. It's I way more it. than you think. Yeah. Like, if you want to come and get on a couple rides like I don't know, come at like a one o'clock on a Friday afternoon <laughs> when it's 90 plus degrees and i guarantee you'll get that's right on everything maybe not a really exactly Menace this year but uh everything else you probably get right on actually might more so yeah. this year because a lot of people just want to get on menace after they leave the water park yep so. Ooh, one more question um i don't think this has been announced yet so feel free to shoot me down sure iron menace yes. standby fast lane single rider any so, any of those I, so I just actually was looking at the single fast lane machines that we got for this year. Got quite a few because I think that's kind of like a company-wide move we're making. Um, mm-hmm. I believe there will be one at Iron Menace. So there is a fast lane as well, um, but I believe there will be single. So I'm not 100% on that because, once again, conversations shift a little bit. When I was looking at the machines the other day, that was the impression I got. So Very cool. It's more of an IT thing than actually, believe it or not. So, <laughs> I applied at Cedar Fair IT once, specifically at Cedar Point. Did you? Never heard back. I did. I, I got past the HR screening, but HR or uh, IT never reached out to me. But I got a lovely job that I mentioned earlier, so it all worked yeah, out. That's kind of like a really close community. Like a lot of those guys will know other people, and they usually like to bring in people they already know. So mm, that I mean, makes I, sense. I don't know about Cedar Point, but like our team is small for that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I was talking to. to yeah. Think, I was talking right? to somebody that worked there, and he's like, "Yeah, their Cedar Point's IT no shade is like archaic, and they it's like a small team of guys that never change anything." No, I'm sure they. I'm sure they're great. I mean, I'm sure they are, and I would I wouldn't have applied <laughs> there if I wouldn't have loved to work there. See, but that's just what I've heard. Um, next question from Surveillance, um, friend of the uh-huh. Park as well. Taylor, did you have Shout your hand out, up? I did. I don't know why I raised my hand instead of the computer hand. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> the archaicness. Um, are we not answering questions too that apply to everyone? Or I'm just oh, we could, question. we we could. Um, I just I just wanted to know. I wasn't sure. How to. Well, Larry's never been to Dorney, oh, so he can't really answer. I, yeah, that's gonna Larry, that's gonna have to change. What do you think you would just never ride again? Or no, that's <laughs> to be not fair, what I meant. To be no, fair, I'm, Ryan, I'm, I'm going. Was, I'm going this year. He <laughs> tried to go out for haunt uh, for the the haunt invite that you sent yeah. out last year, but yeah, yeah. me and Larry just could not make it. That's no. all right. Yeah, you'll be here this year. I have faith. I'd rather have you here this year than last year, anyway. To be honest. 
Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. With the, well, it's like ride. seeing us on our wedding day rather than at like the dress rehearsal. So. <laughs> Speaking of, my wedding day is May fourth, and you just had to go put passholder preview and media day right around my <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Text me Man, later. How inconsiderate. Text me later. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, cool. Um, Taylor, what would you ride at Dorney for the entire season? Um, so despite my cat being named Talon, uh, I'm going with Thunderhawk. <laughs> that makes sense. Or I'm the gonna... whip. Or the whip. Well, both sound like great options to me, so. <laughs> I'm surprised no one's gonna pick Steel Force. Yeah. Nobody. I'm, I'm gonna pick Steel Force, and okay. it's not for a reason you might expect. Okay. I need to gaslight myself because I've never gotten like a peak ride on Steel Force. I really enjoy Steel Force, but mm-hmm. I need to ride it over and over and over until I have Stockholm Syndrome because I acknowledge it deserves more love than I've ever <laughs> given it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might you might to ride it over and over and over. Make sure you get on it this year, Josh. So we're um, we are putting in a expensive new control system. For Steel Force, oh cool! What we think is going to, and there's some other, there are some other bells and whistles with that. I haven't had a lot of time to fully invest in it, but um, basically taking it from a computer system from the 1990s mm-hmm. and updating it to a modern one. So um, I think the last one they did it with was Mamba. So I was about to say, are you telling me they might turn off the, the way Mamba runs? And I was at Worlds of Fun twice last year. I didn't get a chance to ride it, but everything I've heard is that everybody loves it. So we're yeah. hoping to have a similar effect here um, by making some of these some of these changes. So you'll see some changes in the station. There's um, and we did the pneumatic gates last year. So mm-hmm. dynamically, we're just trying to update a lot of these um, older rides, and it was just Steel Force's time to shine. So I think I think that that might change it too. I'll be honest with you. Like I wrote it at the end of last season, and I felt like something was a little bit off. So um, just talking with our maintenance team, I think there's pretty wide agreement that the control system was contributing to some of the challenges. So that's really cool, actually. I'm sure there's other things. I mean, the ride is you know it was put here in 1997 and opened in 1998. So there's there's there are a lot of things I'm sure we could we could work on. So it's just kind of progressively each year. You kind it's like your car. You just look at it and you say, what can I improve? What can I change and make better? And um, you know, you use whatever funds you have and and you try to crack. It's like we have a ton of rides, so you just try to chip a little bit of each one and see which ones you can make better year in and year out. I mean, like uh, my first year here, 2022, it's like we spent a lot of money on the whip and no one probably even notices. So that's, that's the yeah. other thing. Because when you, when you put it back in, like, wasn't you, wanted it? Be, you wanted to have like a weathered antique look. So the whole, the whole roof basically was built in a way that like it was built small. Um, and then they expanded the ride and the ride queue to be all under the roof. Well, rather than like, just redoing the roof someone at some point and this was i mean we're talking 30 years ago or whatever had the brilliant idea to just like built like a second roof with like an overlay well then of course that was getting water all down into it so that thing started to fall apart um and then structurally created some other issues so like we had to basically redo the whole building but it's like you wouldn't i mean if you weren't here i don't even know if you were here once a year if you would have noticed something like that we noticed because we have to see it every day but um and that's, you know, hmm. any type of work like that is not, it's not cheap. But you get that with a lot of the older rides, you know? Oh, yeah. so we put money in a demon drop every year. 
Um, but we think it's important. Same thing with possessed. I mean, it's like I, everybody complains about the holding break all the time, but it's like the priority when I got here in 22, 22 was just like, just to get to keep the thing running. Um, and then obviously yeah. you know, stuff from wicked twister has helped that. Um, and I know Jess has talked about looking into it and seeing what it'll take. And I know she's kind of had a directive for the maintenance team. So, you know, if we get in a position where we feel like the ride's running consistently and it's doing well, then it's like, yeah, well, we will look at things like the holding break. Right. So I think, our priorities have always been to maintain the rides, but um, you know, you don't, you don't always have a huge pot to work with for that kind of stuff. Cause dynamically sure. you're, looking at, you're looking at other things like marketing and capital and um, maintaining the old rides. You've, you've got enough to make sure everything's running. And if you have more left over, it's like you take a crack at one ride, one ride, take like a really big swing in it this year at steel force. Um, and the next year, you know, we'll revisit and look at other stuff too. So, and that's the same thing. I mean, it comes from the same pot. Like people are always like re- repaint Hydra. And it's like, yeah, we, I mean, we'd love to repaint Hydra, but we're doing the control system and all these changes for Steelforce. So, um, <laughs> and, we're, and we're doing a major, major capital investment with a brand new roller coaster. So it's like, yeah, it might not get repainted right now. You're telling me the park doesn't <laughs> have an infinite money glitch? People, what's that? So you're telling me the park doesn't have an infinite money glitch? I just, wish. I wish nope. we just had a bucket of money and just... But we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are not, we are not uh, the Monopoly guy. Speaking of repainting and Demon Drop, um, I don't know if you can see it, but my phone background is 2022 Demon Drop. Solid. And I walked into the park this year. I was like, oh, it's a different color now. Like it got a darker <laughs> paint because like, it was sun faded <laughs> before. And even that, I'm like, that really shows how much you guys care a lot of other parks i'm not going to throw shade at any other park um, because i do love all parks but a lot of other parks will have those older attractions and either let them you know rot away and then they'll close Mm -hmm. them or they won't paint Mm -hmm. them and it'll look like the day it came like you know it got installed and it never got painted since but even walking in and seeing a simple coat of paint on a what i would call an ancient ride at this point as much as i love it I was like genuinely impressed that you guys took yeah. the time to, to paint it. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I think a lot of that goes to our maintenance team too. the pride they take in the rides. And a lot of the guys um, have a kind of a connection with demon drop. Cause they're the ones that, you know, raised their hands and said, we'll take it when they were looking yeah. for a spot for it. When, you know, other places that they attempted wouldn't or couldn't. Um, and then they've been the ones that have maintained it for all these years. And I think they feel that way. I mean, a lot of the guys in our maintenance department have been here for 20, 30 years. So some of these old timers that, you know, it's like I, I helped build steel force and I've been here ever since like they, there's a level of pride there. Um, and I think that all helps with aesthetics and all that stuff. Nice. Um, question from surveillance. Um, yes. obviously you've, you've met surveillance, you know who he is. Yes, I have. Um, never seen his face. This is, I have. Um, I saw yeah, that. That would make sense. <laughs> on Twitter, they oh, have you? Cover his face. Yeah. He does. On Twitter, though, they always cover his face. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah your thing. Um, this is in reference to Groundhog Day being this past week. Did Elfundo and Morgan see their shadows? <laughs> Somebody asked me that. We were we were more inclined to be like, uh, you know, the, the Groundhog himself came by because we're so close to Punxsutawney. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't, Alfondo's house did not see its shadow because it's been so nasty and overcast here until about this week. So did not. So I think that also means early spring. So that's a good thing. Um, Very cool. And to be honest with you, I haven't talked to Morgan in quite some time. So Morgan's <laughs> got to get out Dang. a little bit more. <laughs> uh, 
Great answer, actually. <laughs> hey, Question thanks. from Mitchell. So how does the park music work in the park? So that's uh, that's actually handled by our so our entertainment team sets up the playlist for the year, um, and they have a different variety of options from you know vendors they use and things like that. And then the maintenance team is responsible for like making sure that the music gets played and making mm. sure that like announcements run when they're supposed to run. So there's kind of a collaborative environment there between those two parks. I have no say. I will say I feel like every year when I'm out in the park, man, Enrique Iglesias comes on, and it could be anyone. <laughs> 30 yeah. songs. But I, I kid you not, if I'm if I'm out in the park, there's a good chance that in whatever period of time out there, I will hear Enrique Iglesias. And I literally cannot. <laughs> and there was a, a time, too, I think my first season, I thought it was Coldplay every time I went out. But uh, last season, I was like, Enrique's on every time I'm out here. What is going on? I, I, that happens to me, too, when I go to Kings Island. There's, like, always, like, a song every year. That I'm it's like, it's Shut Up and Dance. This. Last year it was, or this yes, past season it was it Shut was. Up and Dance. It was. And yeah. the year before that, it was Mr. Brightside for me at King yeah. Island. Which I Mr. Brightside's like, a banger. So Every time I'm around Beast, it's like a Taylor right Swift folk version. <laughs> I don't understand why. I don't know. Um, the Rivertown music is always so interesting to me because it's those like bluegrass it. covers yeah. of pop songs. But have you had to listen to the Wonderwall bluegrass it's yes. Me. No, I've not. Um, last, okay. I think it was last episode or two episodes ago, I referenced Reliant K as my favorite band. There's a cover in <laughs> Rivertown of a Reliant K song, and the Reliant K song is about asking a girl to a Sadie Hawkins dance. So it's like finger plicking, like Sadie Hawkins dance. It's so uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's yes, I've heard that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah. particularly interesting. Yeah, we we lean more towards like pop hits, to be honest with you, because yeah. that's more of our, that's more our market. That's just what people listen to around here. So you're not going to go. I mean, typically, I haven't not. I honestly can't identify like where I've walked through the park and heard like a country music banger or something. Like it's typically pop. <laughs> it's typically pop yeah. hits of like the last twenty years. You'll get a good in sync bump every once in a while. You're like, what the. Nice. I always laugh because I'm like, it's like uh, all those videos you see of like millennials at the grocery store. They're like, they're or like they show them in like the senior home in 40 years from now, and they're like, this is my pleasure. <laughs> and it's like, it's yeah. like Backstreet Boys or yeah. something. It's like or Usher. You're like, oh no, <laughs> we're at that age. Yeah, I, said, I wasn't ready. You know, my buddies, so I'm like, yo, you know how you're old? And he was like, no, what? I was like, that the fact that Usher is the headliner at halftime, and everybody's excited about it. When you know the people who are excited, yeah. about it, millennials. <laughs> I that reminds me of a tweet I saw the other day and it was guys what's your favorite retro game and it had a screenshot on Google where it said retro games are 15 years or older and it was like Super Mario Galaxy Call of Duty Black Ops like all these games that yes. are becoming retro from when I was younger and I'm like oh yeah oh that doesn't Super feel Mario good Galaxy, boy yeah I still yeah. identify retro as like Super Nintendo is like me too. Well, I mean, yeah, I even, see, yeah. I even see Nintendo as retro because when I was a kid, it's like you you could still get access to one, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is kind of dope to play." Like, I mean, you yeah. had a Super Nintendo, but I'm like, yeah. 60, I mean, sixty four, I, had... I think, could be applicable too as like retro for me. But... It's retro <laughs> now, yeah. It's retro. Yeah. yeah, I had a hand me down Sega Genesis before I had like a <coughs> Wii. So like, oh, that's yeah. what I consider retro is that SNES Sega Genesis mm-hmm. era. Yeah. That's usually mine. And... I, love, I still love playing. I still have my SNES, but now with the Switch, it's like you don't even need it. But yeah. Nope. yeah. 
Well, you can pay sixty dollars a year to have access to games that you already have on your on your SNES. Hey, guess what? And not I even do the it. best ones. <laughs> I I do it on and off. Like I'll get a hanker. I haven't and then I'll so I just is like if I really die. I think sixty dollars a year is that bad. It seems fine. So I I do it. No, but they put like seven games. I wonder why. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Next question. I'm actually going to expand on this a tiny bit. The original question from Quentin Bear Major is: Any plans to introduce a Winterfest style event in the future? I'm going to add yeah. one to that and say, or maybe a winter chill out style event. Uh, yeah, funny. So we are working on a winter chill out for this year. Um, it's all oh, coming together. Ooh. Yeah, it's coming together pretty late, but um, we're actually targeting March 16th as a day. Is that perhaps what your February 27th announcement's about? No, I'm going to come out earlier on that. I wanted to come out this week uh, and then I got sense. really sick. So um, might, it might be really early next week, but we have an agreement yeah. with a local charity. Um, who we're, we're going to raise raise funds for. Um, I guess the only thing that stinks a little bit is that with the construction where it's at, because we wanted to do this earlier, but, you know, getting everybody set. And this is the first time we've done anything like this, but I've been really adamant. Talked to actually Tony Clark a good bit on how we can execute. Um, I don't think we're going to have like a large attendance in terms like mm-hmm. we can't. We won't be able to handle it that day with the amount of vehicles mm-hmm. we need to move in the park and the things that we'll be doing at that point. Um, we could even be commissioning the ride. So it does create some hurdles, but um, we're still going to create a really great experience for the folks who can come. So um, soon as we button up one or two last things, I think some of it is just ticketing, then um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to come out with that. So that's going to happen this year. Uh, as awesome. far as a winter fest, I think, thank you. As far as a winter fest, I think, I think you would have seen that already um, if we hadn't gone the way of, you know, theming an entire area and getting a roller. <laughs> That's so fair. We have yeah. talked about it a lot. And I know that um, there are a lot of people who really want that done. So I think it'll happen as soon as possible. I'm actually really like, I looked at my calendar March 16th. Like I'm really excited for that. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but I'm going to try. Yeah. That's that sounds awesome. It sounds, yeah. Um, question mind. from, wind what one area do you think dorney really excels in and what area would you like to see a little improvement um i think I, we excel in some of the things we, we talked about um which is kind of seeing the business dynamically kind of seeing where we're at in the business um taking care of and protecting some of those historical assets and making sure that they still contribute to the overall experience um dynamically pivoting into theming i think is something we're doing really really well um one of the things I, I mean, if you had asked me two years ago, that's what I would have said we needed to do was to pivot and get more into um, kind of dynamic thieving and like get a new ride that people want to come yeah. and, you know, experience. Um, but I think the, I think our next goal, which isn't necessarily this year's goal, because I think we're, we're accomplishing a lot of things um, that I would have said we needed to do, but I think, you know, let's, let's get through this year. I think, I think we're in a great position to do that, but I think our goal moving forward now, um, maybe two of the goals that we'll have is um, dynamically changing kind of the family rides aspect, um, maybe adding a dynamic family ride, and then um, hmm. doing more with the water park, changing the water park, modernizing the water park, and you know potentially adding like a really thrilling water ride or water experience. So cool. I think those are the two things that we need to do. Um, 
you know, there has been a lot of investment in the water park, but I think infrastructure wise, um, there are definitely things that we can change to make the experience better for the guests. And I think that's something that, um, that I think we need to do. I would say, I would say too, with the dry park, um, there's just not a lot of great dining options at the bottom. And if Thank you, had, you. If you had mentioned that, <laughs> we're working on that, right? So that's also a part of this project. So I think um, it'll be great to see how this year goes and then some of the changes dynamically that we have set. Uh, I would say that those were probably – some of the things we're doing this year, I think, address a lot of the things that I would have said last year as like this is a problem. Um, but uh, we got to work on the parking situation too, and we've got plans for that this year. Because mm. I would say, honestly, it's probably my number one thing. It causes me headaches and nightmares. <laughs> So Taylor loves your park. Every time I pull into the parking lot, I text Josh with having a freak out because I can't figure out how to get to the handicap parking. And I get so turned around. What's up with the cones? That's what I want to that, know. That's what confuses me is I always think that the handicap is blocked off and then I get turned around. Yeah. Oh. Well, every time. You know, seeing where it is, it's like. If we, if we don't put the cones there, then everybody acts like it's a free-for-all and they can just do whatever they uh, want to do. And then you put the cones out there and people get confused. So there's, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. But um, we have uh, kind of changed how we're doing traffic and parking this year, and we're giving that to the admissions team and just kind of changing the oversight. Like security will still be involved, um, but we'll be able to staff it better and we'll be able to monitor it a lot easier because security's got so much other stuff to worry about. But the last thing that they should be spending all the time worrying about is like parking cars and making sure people are getting in. So we're going to use utilize our admission staff and um, Yolanda who runs our admissions, like super capable. And I think that's going to dynamically just change how we park cars on days where we're really busy. Um, we've got plans for a potential second gate to get people in um, to reduce the walks and make things a little bit easier. So like this year, it's another thing we're tackling, right? So I think a lot of the things that we saw as challenges, um, Jessica easily identified. She's been doing this a lot longer than I have. And, um, and I think just le- leaning on our team and trusting the insight that we have, um, I think I think we're in a really good position this year to just dynamically change a lot of the things that have been frustrating. And like I said, adding a new dining option that's like different and unique and fun and enjoyable, like that's all that's all tied into the steel yard. So there's some there's some things coming. It'll be exciting. Question about new dining option. Yes. Um, when I interviewed Tony Clark uh, for Boardwalk. I asked specifically about the grand pavilion and um, like what their approach to that dining option was. And he mentioned that high capacity dining was something that they were really focusing on. Is that like something that you guys, when you're looking at the, the, I think you called it the steel yard, the steel yard restaurant. um, Like, are you going for something high capacity, like where it's designed to churn through people or were you looking for more of like a grab and go style or what, what was the thought process there? So the, um, the new restaurant in the area will be set up with kind of like two unique ways. So there's like a crew serve. And then, um, we also have like basically set up for like a, like a takeout window. So there'll be kind of like two different ways to enjoy the same dining with different experiences, whether you want to grab and go, or you want to like sit and chill. So we're also setting up like a outdoor seating area. So like you want to hang out. It's one thing we hear a lot too, is like, we need more seating. So we're working on that this year too, which I think is definitely a fair criticism. Um, and we're working on that. So we're trying to put in a lot of, um, dynamic areas for folks to sit and relax down specifically in that area. Another thing too, is just like, give people an opportunity to enjoy the Creek. Like the Creek's so nice. And like right now we've just got all bogged up with junk. And, um, Hmm. so we're working on that for this year too. So yeah, that to answer your question, the new dining will give them 
I think both options, either if they want to hang out, crew serve, or they want to, you know, grab it real, real fast and pop out of there. They can do both. Can you tease what genre of food it's going to be? Genre so think, of food. Honestly, I think Cuisine. that like, yeah, I've heard some things. I, I would hate to speak on it because I know, um, you know, our, our, our chef and some other folks are diligently working on what they want to do. I think they had their first tasting, you know, a week or two ago. Um, they're oh, working cool. with some of the folks at the corporate level too, to kind of identify what they want to do. So I can't say with hundred percent certainty what exactly it's going to be. And, you know, these things always, the food stuff tends to pivot a little bit as we kind of get closer. So, mm. I mean, I think the overall vibe is like, you want to do meat, <laughs> you want to serve <laughs> some kind of meat and, um, you know, things that are fresh, like, you know, a salad or something like that. So, but I haven't sure, gotten, nice. no one's actually handed me a menu yet. So I would just be, I would be speaking out of turn. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. <laughs> to well, be determined. I, I think that sounds good. Bit. I think, they probably I would have honestly beverage, but I haven't had that conversation yet. I would have put my money on barbecue because that seems to be the Cedar Fair tradition. Not that there's anything wrong with barbecue. I love good barbecue. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I mean, I was kind of expecting meat, but I'm just excited for a new life in that plaza. To be honest, Possessed was always kind of awkwardly over there. Obviously, since Stinger has yeah. been removed, it's just been there and it's kind of like a dead end with possession yep. shop over there so i'm really excited to see how that turns out the last time i was there was obviously during haunt ghost of the machine was over there yep. and then there was a bunch of construction walls so i'm going to be going in to like i haven't seen over because i didn't get to stay for the construction tour because i was i had to run that day so i haven't seen like an open plot of land back there in a while i'm excited mm-hmm. yeah it'll, it dynamically it honestly um, and having new steel in the park like this, just I'm like walking around and I'm like, dude, we feel like, like this feels like a Carowinds thing or something or like Cedar Point. Like, <laughs> I'm so not used to having new steel. It's like our park just always kind of feels like it's trapped in the year like 2008. Like it's 2008 every day. So it's so wild seeing all this new stuff go up. And then I'm looking over at Possessed the other day and I'm like, oh boy, oh buddy. You just need like a full <laughs> retheme and a paint job now that this thing's here. So. You know, just we'll don't see. tear oh. it down. Chris will riot. No, that was well. Actually, I, I think I mentioned that to Chris when I when I talked to him. Um, the part of the reason we picked the design or like you know the direction mm. of the ride or whatever is because B and M submitted a couple of different design plans and most of them had them ripping out possessed. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jessica was adamant that it was good hardware and she didn't want to get rid of it. So yeah. that's part of the reason why we. You know, and I don't know. I think probably when they had some initial conversations, maybe one or two years ago, like the ride was a struggle. Like 2022, the ride mm. didn't, did not run well. It was closed for half the season. So, you know, yes. I'm sure it was like, hey, you know, give us a couple different options and we'll see where we're at by the time we get there. By the time we got there, it's like, oh, it's running fine. Like, don't get rid of it. <laughs> so that's good. Thank so you for that... your sacrifice, Wicked Twister. <laughs> thank you. Um... Thank you for your service. So, possessed still staying. Is that probably a big reason why you didn't pursue the gravity group shuttle coaster anymore? Because that would have had to take well, out possessed. As so well. the, the easiest explanation for why we didn't go with that ride was because we had a change in leadership and dynamically mm-hmm. um, decided to pivot more towards theming. And Jessica felt that if mm-hmm. we were going to move toward theming, the easiest, like honestly, it, it is. It's such a slam dunk to move with the valley which is really really 
kind of embrace this whole, like we are steel or we were steel. And like, we're proud of that history. Um, it's like, you got the iron pigs, the baseball team does it. Um, the steel stacks do it. The, the casino does like everybody's doing it. Um, and I think it's smart. So it was like, if we're going to move in that direction and theme like that, why in the world would we put in any, why would we not put in something that was steel? Um, which I think led point. to the conversation shifting. Um, and then it's like, obviously you outreach to manufacturers and say like, you know, send me your best plans. And when B&M, I think it sent, I think it was a, a wing and a dive. Um, but when they sent the dive, we, you know, we were talking to Ken is with Cedar Fair. Um, and then, you know, we have historians in the area and it's like, dude, the dive looks like you're dumping iron ore, you know, mm. in the mill. So that kind of like played into like when you guys saw that, you know, the kind of cinematic trailer, it's like the whole act of using the dumping the iron ore into the blast furnace was kind of like the vibe we wanted to get. And it's like nobody in the Northeast has it. Um, That's a, that is a big thing in the industry um, is that it's our baby. And we also, we at Dorney have a great relationship with B&M and that made it really easy too. It was like, dude, we have a great relationship with these guys. Um, They always hit deadline. They're transparent. They work hard. They have a good team. And so, you know, in our, that's our experience with, and that was our maintenance, our maintenance director too. You know, Paul has a big say in this, but you know, he, he worked with them on Hydra and Talon and uh, I think has always been impressed. So I think that's just kind of why it all worked out. Nice. I got a lot of respect for B&M after seeing how quickly they got Fury up and running this year. You yeah. figure with a major support crack like that, it's going to be down possibly the rest of the season. It was yeah. like a month or like it was fast. There were a yeah. lot of people were overreacting. They're like, that's it. Fury's gone. Fury's getting ripped down. <laughs> people love to funny. say things are going to get ripped out if you yeah. haven't, haven't figured Can that out. Can you imagine if they actually ripped out Fury? Come on. That was my <laughs> um, Question from Ibby. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ibby. Um, Ibby. There we go. I, I knew you knew them. So I wanted to do a. Make sure I, I got that right. Um, is the there any plans for Lift Hill tours on Iron Menace similar to the VIP Sunrise tours on Valraven and other BM dives? We're talking about some things. We don't, uh, I don't have anything concrete. I think there's a good mm-hmm. opportunity here. So I'm, I'm a big charity guy. And uh, I would literally probably give away my house if, I, if someone didn't tie me down. But um, <laughs> I think there's a really good opportunity to try to fundraise with something like that. And I think. Hmm you know, when we talk about doing this, that's probably what it's going to be for. Um, it's like, how do we dynamically fundraise for, you know, is it the Eagles Autism Foundation? Is it the, you know, Riley Children's Hospital here from uh, Lehigh Valley Health Network? I mean, um, Camelot for Children, who we work with really closely. Like, is it, are we doing it for a charitable partner? I think the answer is yes. Um, so certainly as those opportunities arise and uh you know we'll message it out and let people know but we we've had discussions about it i'm not sure the one challenge with menace is that it'll be unlike any of our roller coasters and that you will have to be harnessed in to walk up it or come down it it is a steep lift um and it's you know when you're i mean it's probably not really narrow but when you're going up there i went up there um a couple weeks ago when you're going up there it feels narrow Um, yeah and the stairs you kind of feel like you've got to lip up and lip out. So it, it, it'll be interesting, but I think there'll be some opportunities. Sure. I don't think it's going to awesome. be like you, I don't think it's going to be like you call up Ryan and we go and do it. that a lift hill walk. That's not going to be a thing for this ride um, mm-hmm. because it's going to be such a pain and such a lift for operations, especially in the uh, first season where we're trying to get that ride running as much as humanly possible. Um, which means that we're, 
getting maintenance to turn it over as early as possible, which means that ops got to turn it over as early as possible. So like the last thing I want to do is impede them or get in the way unless I've got a really mm-hmm. good reason to do it, at least in the first sure. season. Now next year, you know, things could change, but I think for this year, it's going to be like, if we're doing it, we're doing it for, like I said, for me, it would be a charitable cause. Um, you know, sure. I'm sure somebody else in the park might have a different view of it. So but that's Jason Kelsey shows up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and you know, if Jason Kelsey's here, there's a good chance we're probably raising awareness or funds for. Jeremy. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's cool. I I know a lot of people like to complain about parks being money hungry. So hearing you say that, like you want to do it, but for charity, I think that'll go a long way for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not selling a package. So sure. I mean, unless somebody else tells me otherwise, that is not my that is not my goal. Nice. Um, question from Execution Man. I got it right this time. Nice. <laughs> Possessed or Talon? I think you covered that pretty well. Talon. Mm. Yep. Talon for me. Closer than I thought they'd be. I was going to say, I wouldn't say it's a landslide, but it's it's Talon. Um, Possessed actually got me really excited for Top Thrill 2. Like, facing right down at the ground there. Oh, I can see that. Uh, Orion fan 27 asks planning on keeping possessed and or demon drop around for a long time. Yep. That's the plan. We've, <laughs> we've put a significant amount of money into them over the last two or three years. So that is the plan is always to keep our, I think the other thing is people look at like what parks do is like a, a vacuum, like that we all make very similar decisions. Mm. And I can tell you that like at Dorney, we're pretty damn stubborn. Um, so like we don't just like, put our cows out the pasture so like we will mm. we'll fight for every single ride we have at the park and we'll fix it as long as we can and once it's like reached its usable life and we there's no way to save it then we'll cut bait but we i mean you could be at the park you could see that we try not to so that's awesome that's uh i, I just have to that was my bad that's orion 287 sorry oh, about that orion fan 287 orion fan 287 got it oh i that's thought it was orion. weird that it was 27 but <laughs> Maybe they're 27 years old. Maybe they were born in 1927. It's kind of what And I they love Orion. <laughs> the number's 27. You never know. Yeah. Um, last question here from viewers is from Jared slash Bobo Scooby. Um, he wants to know if the part, if you had said at some point that you were planning on opening earlier, um, mm-hmm. like other parks in the area, like Hershey open a bit earlier than you guys and you mm-hmm. open a little later than other parks in the chain. So is that like, something you decide or something Cedar fair decides. And is that something that's been discussed? So I have like no say on this other than I can Mm -hmm. just like, you know, be this little voice in everybody's ear. who's like, we should be open earlier. We should be open earlier. Which is what (laughs) I've been saying. And we should be open later because when you're trying to sell season passes and it's like, here's my calendar and here's Hershey's. Right. Anybody else's. Um, Then it, it, you know, for me, it's like, Oh, we got to do something. So, I think um, for us this year, the big key is, you know, as soon as Iron Menace is ready to go, we're we're going to try to get open. So whether that's mm. for season pass order previews or dynamic charity events, like whatever it is, if when that ride's ready to go and they give us a green light, um, you know, Jessica and I and our corporate partners have pretty aggressive plans to like get the park open. Um, and if that's earlier than May 10th, that would be fantastic. So yeah, there's there's plans for this year. Um, I think, you know, maybe we would have committed to a calendar sooner if we would know 
exactly when the ride was going to open. But it just seems like why are you going to ram the park open if the ride's not even ready? It just doesn't like, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we might as well just wait and be patient at this point. Um, and we can see the patterns too. Like, yeah, all these parks open early, but um, there's, it's, it's really, really actually, you know, I think people would be like money, um, but it's really hard to get labor earlier in the season because a lot of our labor mm-hmm. is seasonal labor. And a lot of them are, um, you know, either a part of a, like an exchange program or they have a J1 visa or they're high school students or college students. And so like trying to get them in, in April is somewhat of a challenge. So, um, you know, it's just, that's some of the dynamics that we deal with too, being more of a traditional seasonal park and a, and a community park, you know, we're not like some kind of massive tourist draw. We know that. Um, so that's yeah. another, you know, we're not, we don't, you know, have, we're not Cedar Point we're not Dollywood. So we've got to keep that in mind too. When everybody's putting pressure on us to like do this and do that and do this and do that. And it's like, yeah, but we're not, we're not, the, we're not that park. Right. And I think some parks are making that decision. And um, the nature of the business is very cyclical. We're like, they'll do this. We've, I've seen this pattern. Um, like it happened in the early two thousands where a lot of the parks decided to add winter events and do all this stuff. And then they had to roll it back and now they've added it again. So it's also like, are you going just like with the, flow of the business or are you making the right decision for yourselves so we'll make the right decision for us when we feel like it's the right decision good for you i have to tell you i appreciate how forthcoming you are um with questions a lot yeah, of i agree with a lot that. of people <laughs> in this industry are cagey even refreshing. on both sides um yeah. it is very refreshing to yeah. be able to ask you a question and know that you're going to answer it to the best of your ability yeah yeah man i don't i'm not a uh I'm not a BSer, so I never have been. It's just gonna give it to you straight. I mean, I, there's some things like I'll I'll eat it just and it more. It's just because it's like I'm not sure I can tell you about it yet because I'm still working on something. Yeah, <laughs> like the I like I I heard about the investor meeting too, but it's, I don't know how much I know about it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, well, that's the last viewer submitted question. I have a fun, cool. quick little game here for us. All right. Um, so I'm gonna poorly describe a coaster. Okay. <laughs> and and I, ha- I have two of them for each of you. I've picked who's getting which coaster. I'm going to poorly right. describe one, and we're going to see if you can all get two coasters out of two. So, Ryan, you're going to go first, admittedly right. throwing you a softball here. Uh-huh. The inverted coaster that true daddies love. Talon. Talon, 100%. Talon at Park. Talon at Park. Talon at Dorney Park. Taylor doesn't get a softball here. No, of course I don't. Why would I? Um, this is the love child of Nikola Tesla and McLovin. From Elto Orion, of course. Our friend. The love child of Tesla and McLovin. Nikola Tesla and McLovin. I bet he knows this. I'm going to get a text about this when this episode goes live from McLovin. <laughs> I have no idea, but I feel like it's going to be some kind of European coaster. Yeah, me too. Knowing McLovin, unless it's um, what's that one that he really likes? It's what it's is on the I... tip of my tongue. <laughs> the one that he really likes. That that one. That one. I'm I. It's on the tip of my tongue, and you're gonna say it, and then I'm gonna be like, ah, that's the one I meant. And yeah, Josh. I'm... Um, this coaster is Voltron. Wait. Oh. Okay. The new coaster mm. coming to Europa Park. Ah, I knew it was going to be European. Yes, um, Larry. Yes, 
People act like 10 seconds shorter than a similar coaster in the same state makes a massive difference. Um, okay. Well, I feel like this is about Millennium Force and Orion, but I'm not sure. This is Orion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, if you gave me that one, I would have got it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I crafted these ones specifically for each of you. Um, <laughs> back to Ryan. Okay, follow me here. Yeah. Zero, 74, nobody knows. 100, <laughs> nobody knows. 120, 420, zero. <laughs> That's your clue. <laughs> top thrill two? That's top thrill two. Well done. Was it the 420 that gave it away? 420 gave it away, but you had a couple in there where I was like, the nobody knows kind of gave it away. Too. Okay. <laughs> See, I didn't get that part. I, I, yeah, I didn't I mean, get that 420 part. 420 is a dead giveaway, though. Yeah, that I mean, that's how like, I, that's what like, I got you're, to. You're that point yeah. when I was considering not putting that in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I might Taylor? have still got it, but 420's <laughs> giveaway. Taylor, Larry's going to know this one instantly. My clue so for this for is Larry's wallet was the problem. Larry's <laughs> wallet was the problem. Um, um, Storm Runner, right? Ooh, Pantheon. Ooh. Pantheon. Pantheon. For uh, context, Ryan, Larry is obviously a larger rider. Right. And he tried to ride Pantheon at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, and he couldn't mm-hmm. verify. So he took his wallet out of his back pocket, and he verified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my True God. story. Wow. That made you feel good. Uh, I mean, I was glad to get on the ride for sure. Yeah. Well, there's larger um, seats Larry. on Iron Menace for you, Larry, if you need it. Is there red belts? There are red belts. Is there one like front row, middle row, back row, like on I think other? It's, there's one on every row. Um, cool. I don't know if it's the same on every train, but the one I saw was like every seat right in the middle was the larger oh, seat. Okay. I don't think it's like that, that on every on both trains. Those two trains, at least for now. So the uh, I think the other one it's more like, but I don't think there's one on the end. So, mm. but they're there, which is good. That is good. I'm yeah. on dives. I'm, I can fit into non-red belts, but red belts are just so much more comfortable for me. Well, I think I was thinking always crazy too when people talk about like larger riders is like they just assume that like it's you know it's like oh you need to lose weight and I'm like dude if you look at like anybody who who is like plays for the Philadelphia Eagles right there's a lot of guys that can't fit on our rides because they're just right. they're just big people there's big people too there's right like yeah some people are just big. So I think that's I hate seeing that too when they like get up and they can't fit. It's like oh, so I'm like I'm I had like to walk a like curtain for a man. So year. yeah, it's a, it sucks. Um, yeah, I think that was. There's some stuff too. I've heard Josh. I don't know if you said this, but like Talon. Um, yeah, like with the seat structure. I don't know, Jessica was mm-hmm. talking about doing something. I need to regroup with them, but. Um, yeah, we're always looking at that kind of stuff too, like just accessibility in general. When people think accessibility, I think they think of like disability, um, but mm. it just means like making access for everyone, right? Or making sure. access yeah. Yeah. easier, easier when you can. I mean, certainly there's there are things that you know probably none of us can control that would deter you from getting on a ride, but um, you know when when we can make it possible, we like to make it possible. I think Iron Menace has like a height restriction of six eight, so like yeah, there's gonna be people who yeah, that's come out that's still pretty big. Yeah, but I mean, they might yeah. come out and be excited and not be able to ride. And that, well, true. Mm-hmm. I've seen that at um, 
which actually gives me I a think, good reminder. I should probably put this. Well, I guess I guess we have to run it too to be certain of the specs. But once we know what the specs are, that's important to get out to, especially minimum height, because pe- people in this industry, because you know it's a, a industry driven by children and and uh, teenagers, like really, you know, a difference between forty eight inches or fifty two inches is huge. Even yeah. though it's only four, even yeah. though it's only four inches, it's huge. So um, that stuff's good to know in advance of your trip. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yep. Um, Larry, I have one more coaster for you to poorly guess. Okay, let's do it. GCI's most recent charity case. The charity case? Uh GCI's most recent charity case. Is it... um, I can't remember the name of this ride. Is it the coaster at... uh, Not Dorney. Your park, your home park. It, it is. Yeah. What is that called? Oh, Predator. I know this one. Predator. Predator. Because they gave GCI gave Darien Lake free Titan track. There we go. Uh, looks like Ryan got two. Taylor got zero, and Larry got two. So I mean, you Taylor, didn't give Taylor, Talon, and Top Thrill. So we'll give her a pass. That's that's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> you I mean, intentionally on. made ones you knew I probably weren't wasn't going <laughs> to get. To be fair, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> to be fair, when I, I made yours, <laughs> when I made yours, Taylor, we have mentioned both of those on this podcast before. <laughs> we in, mentioned in a terms, lot of things. But in terms of, we've told the story of Larry's wallet, and we've told about how McLovin is dying to get on Voltron at Europa. Hmm. I knew it was going to be European. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end this podcast the same way we end every podcast, which is a random question from the host to the other hosts. Uh, so, <laughs> Taylor first. If you could add one accessibility feature to every park across the world instantly by snapping your fingers overnight, what would you add? A separate lane for the ADA instead of going up the exit drives me insane. Mm. Tired of being knocked downstairs. It's a good answer. Mm. That that's my final answer. <laughs> that's very <laughs> definitive. Especially on Seal Vengeance. Seal Vengeance is where it's the worst for me. People do not like disabled no. people on that ride. They get very upsetty, and I I understand. But upsetty. I was upset-y. gonna say upsetty spaghetti, and I stopped halfway through. I'm sorry. You, you should have just gone. It was already too late. Larry. Yes, sir. If you had to snap your fingers and wipe. Every coaster from the big three manufacturers off the face of the planet, those being Intamin, B&M, and RMC, which manufacturer are you making their coasters disappear overnight? This is a cruel question. I Well, I was just cruel to Taylor. I have to be cruel to you now. I don't want any of those to disappear. I mean... You should say Intamin just to piss off Chris. That's funny. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. I think I think I might have to do RMC. I'm sorry, RMC. I love RMCs, but to be I, fair, you're getting rid of the least, so that's probably uh, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I love RMCs, but like, yeah, I mean, I can re-ride the other ones easier. Fair, um, Ryan. I actually have two questions for you. Yes. Um, first, the most serious question I can ask a, a Pennsylvanian: Sheets or Wawa? Uh, I'm a Wawa guy. <laughs> I'm a Wawa guy. Okay. Um, 
I've okay. always so I'm a huge, huge like coffee connoisseur. Like I coffee is life. Sheets coffee is trash. Disgusting. No yes. offense, Sheets, but like your coffee you gotta, you gotta <laughs> work on your game. And like Wawa's coffee is just consistent. Like it may not be the best coffee in the world, but like it's consistent. And then like I also prefer like their sandwiches just feel more fresh. And like I'm just like mm, a fresh ho- fresh hoagie cup of coffee kind of mm. guy. And they they nail it. So I I try to head down to a Wawa region every Thanksgiving to grab a gobbler. A gotta, gobbler. Yeah. What is yeah, a gobbler? gobbler. I, I bet it's turkey stuffing and cranberry sauce. And gravy. Oh. And legitimately, I cannot breathe after I eat it for a solid 20 minutes because it's the <laughs> thickest hoagie you'll ever have in your life. So but it's so worth it. <laughs> it's good. Good stuff. Um, and my second question for you, Ryan. So you have something on the 27th. You got any little teases for that? <laughs> I have to try. Yeah. How about here? I'll, I'll give you a little nugget. So there will be um, two um, unique things new to Dorney Park announced on February 27th. Very cool. Interesting. Cool. Two new things. That's, two that's new cool. Things two new things. Two things for 2024. Um, and surprisingly, neither of them are related to Iron Menace. So there's another note. Huh. There will be plenty more announcements. Looking this forward to hearing only, more. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the only announcement we're going to have either. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of like, hey, watch the date. Um, I like to do that. I'm kind of like one of those strategic people. I like to build up the excitement for things. And then when it comes out, I mean, either people are like, darn, I thought it was going to be this. Or they're like, but you still like, you still have the engagement, right? Like you still get to engage with the public and your audience, mm. which I think. That's why I like doing that kind of stuff. So that's why I did it with Ghost in the Machine and Iron Man. Sure. And, um, you know, now that I realize how much I love it, like it's probably going to be with as, as much as humanly possible. Now I'm not going to do it for like to announce the control system for Steel Force. Like that's not, that is not a part of the announcement. That's just, gonna be, <laughs> that'll just be like a separate yeah. social media post one day, but it's all stuff that I think is, it's always going to be stuff that I mm-hmm. think is like exciting for the park or changes or new. Right. So two new things for 2024. Oh, oh, oh no. User is experiencing some connection issues. Oh no. But recording is being saved locally. Shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> well. Well. Ryan, thanks for coming <laughs> out. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> we appreciate you. Oh, he's are you back? Oh, oh he's gone. Gone, gone. Well, well give it a second. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, Orion's a giga. Orion's a giga. Yeah. Peace. Come on, down out. Oh, that's funny. Hey, at least it was uh, right at the very end. That's yeah. funny. <laughs>